All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the show, everybody. 305, this is the Jason Greger Show, hosted by Jason Strudwick today and tomorrow, alongside Connor Halley. Going to get you right through to 6 o'clock here on TSN. 12.60 on this Pretty nice Monday afternoon. Hope everyone had a good uh, weekend. Lots of sports, lots going on. Luke Combs, obviously, was blowing up Rexall. People were all fired up over there. So lots to uh, partake in this weekend, including outside riding your bike, which I, I love. I'm into riding my bike. Mr. Dressup. Oh, no, Rogers. Maybe Mr. Rogers rode his bike. Either way, riding all over the place. Still coming this hour, we got uh, Shogger, Ryan Rashog, coming in about 20 minutes. And then we got Strud's on at 340. So lots to get to in this hour, including your texts in the Jiffy Lube inbox at 10, 12, 60. Thanks for those uh, coming in. I want to get to this one quickly. Um, hey, guys. Ben thinks that the Jets are ahead of Miami. This dude must have some access to some good drinks from Dolphin Nation. So obviously a little bit a little bit biased there. But, Connor, where would you rank Miami relative to the Jets or the Jets relative to Miami? Oh, Stratty, I got a sour taste in my mouth about the Miami Dolphins because on social media, their team really goes after Justin Herbert, despite <laughs> Herbert shredding that team. <laughs> just kidding. But, no, you know what? I think, you you know, you look at the New York Jets, and I'm just going to bring it up for sure because I don't want to lie to people, but I'm pretty sure they were a top-five defense in terms of points against. So, like, a really good defense, and then, you know, you go back to, to what they had last year at quarterback, and, it wasn't good. I mean, Zach Wilson was not good. Mike Mike White, I believe. I think he's with the Dolphins mm-hmm. now, actually. Had a couple okay starts. But you're bringing in a guy who's been the league MVP, not last year, but two of the last three years, and added some really nice weapons. Brees Hall looked fantastic before the injury. Uh, you know, you're bringing in a couple new receivers for him. 
So I, I think right now it would be fair. Uh, we want to see Tua Tungavailoa if he can stay healthy. That's a big question. I, I think right now, you know, the Bills will be one, and then the Jets and the Dolphins, I think they're battling out for that two spot. I think it's very close. We'll see how it works out, though. I mean, we've seen quarterbacks go to teams and not have that immediate success that we had imagined. So, I mean, until we see them on the field, we won't really know for sure. But I, I would say they're they're pretty tight right now. I, I really like that Jets defense and what they've done. Uh, Sauce Gardner was, you know, Revis 2.0, breaking the field in half when he's out there. So, yeah, it'll be competitive. Those are going to be fun matchups to watch because for a long time, Stray, the AFC East was kind of like the NFC East of a couple of years ago where it was like he had the Patriots and then he had a lot of meh. And now that division is unbelievable. And the Patriots might be the worst, probably are the worst. <laughs> I don't think there's many NFL fans that are sad about that. No. Unless, of course, you're a Patriots fan, which, of course, there's many, although I think they're kind of getting away from it, though, now. I think people are drifting away. Yeah, and you know what? They had a good run, so they can have a couple of years of tough times. The darkness. The darkness is coming, much like the Pittsburgh Penguins faithful will be Ooh. getting the darkness, I'm guessing, in three years uh, or less. Um, of course, the Gregor Show is brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Here's a pro tip for you. A money line sports bet is a bet on a win and who will win a game, match, or contest without a spread or any conditions. It's the most straightforward wager in sports betting, and you can bet the money line on just about every major sports at PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated sport betting website. Um, Connor, you've got some uh, pizzas that you're dying to give away. Yeah, I got an email from Gregor this morning that we've got some pizzas to give away. Now, we talked about it last Friday on the show. You tried the butter chicken pizza. Oh, Very good. So good. So good. Yeah, so they've, they've got the new pizza out there with Papa John's. You can get it for only $19.99 at papajohns.ca. Juicy grilled chicken, green peppers, onions. Sounds amazing. Anytime velvety tangy sweet sauce is dropped on a pizza, I think it's going to be good. So what we're going to do, we'll make it very simple. Text to 101260 your unique pizza combination. What's something you like and maybe people kind of turn their head at you? Like it, it's it's yours, your favorite pizza that you like to get from Papa John's. Text that to 101260. We're going to pick five winners. And then within the next couple of days here, you'll be sent a code so you can order a free pizza. Very simple. Do you have one? Um, I don't know how unique mine is. Like, Strutty, for a long time, and I still get harassed about it, I would just go with a cheese pizza, and people would be, you know, making fun of me because my taste buds were not properly developed. But I, I'm a big fan. I'll go pep and bacon mm-hmm. would be the go-to. And then if I'm looking to mix it up a little bit, maybe ham and green pepper, you know? Okay. How about you? Okay. Yeah, I'm a pepperoni. I kind of like the spicy pepperoni. And then I go a little bit off the board. I like uh, sun-dried tomatoes oh. on mine. So I'd pro- I'd, if you want to, I'd probably be – like I, I'll make a home brew every now and then. I'll put uh, spicy pepperoni, some kind of spicy pepperoni. And then I put uh, sun-dried tomatoes and pineapple and then lemon pepper on top of that and cheese. It is delicious. It is – I'm telling you, people, it is very good, very delightful and good. So, like, if we're going Papa John's, I'm a big fan of the barbecue chicken. It's got the bacon on there, and then you've got to get the brownie for dessert. Uh, bro- yeah, That's I had the, the brownies the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was I was a few deep in the brownies. So keep those coming at ten. Whoa, lots coming in. <laughs> lots coming. Okay, this one. Hey guys, ketchup on pizza from Ryan and St. Albert. Ooh. Oh boy, there's one in every crowd. How about this what? one, Strutty? Cottage cheese with feta and cucumbers. I didn't even know you could get cucumbers on pizza. 
Uh, I think there's a reason you didn't know that, buddy. <laughs> I think there's a reason. Wow, that is a rough, rough start. <laughs> um, okay, I just want to get into this this whole situation with Cole Caulfield. So Cole is a guy that can score. He is a a a very good goal scorer. Um, you know, smaller guy. I think that smaller is is harder, right? It it it, it just makes the game get a little tighter in the playoffs. Um, space is limited. Yeah, strength is an issue when you're rolling around five seven five eight. But his talent is is undeniable. I see him more as a shooter than anything. I don't know that his passing is great. Um, he's you know he's a young player. His defensive game isn't isn't where it needs to be. But also you kind of consider a little bit the team he's on. But he's definitely a good scorer. You know he had forty six goal or forty six games this year before he shut down twenty six goals. So that's easily a forty goal season. Um, for for this guy, um, this guy being Cole Caulfield, and that's a pretty big jump from 23 on 67 the year before. So, but size is always a concern. But they now have their two kind of big guys up front locked down. They have Suzuki, who's at uh, seven eight seven five, and then you've got uh, Cole Caulfield. I think it's seven seven five somewhere somewhere in there. But anyways, they got they got their their guys locked in. But as I was kind of going through that research today or looking at it. I was looking at the other forwards, and outside of Kirby Doc, in two years, two two more seasons, so not 23-24, not 24-25, but 25-26, I believe they will be lucky to have um, maybe four forwards on that team currently with them now. So let's look at that, who those guys are. So Nate Suzuki is a lock, no problem. I believe Cole Caulfield's a lock as well. I believe that Kirby Doc would be a lock to be on that team in three years. I believe maybe Michael Pizzetta is another guy that's a lock to be on that team. He's cheap and he brings energy and he's got a lot of good hair. So that's the four guys. Josh Anderson has four years left on his deal. I have a hard time seeing him ride through this this re this rebuild that is that was really hurt last year by so many injuries to some key guys and they couldn't trade. Brendan Gallagher has four more years. Does he want to ride this out for four years? I I know he loves the Habs and I, I, I that's a great thing, but you know, he by the end, maybe in three years, there'll be a team that can play. Right? They can they can compete. I, I just I have a hard time seeing this year and I'm taking a step forward. Um, so I think Anderson and Gallagher, I'm guessing, would be traded. Um, Christian Dvorak, he's a Frasian, two years, you know, same thing. Is he going to want to grind through this for the next two years? I, I just have a hard time seeing it. But guys like Joel Armia, um, you know, Rem Pitlick, you know, those guys are kind of interchangeable, right, uh, down Now someone's going to text in and say, well, you're a Slavkovsky. You're not talking about him. Yeah, well, he was, he, you know, he was – in and out and hurt a bit. I don't think that he's he's going to uh, he'll be there in a few years. But I, I generally count it. But yes, he will be. So I guess that's five. So you have five forwards out of twelve. Now those are some pretty good forwards you have. There's no doubt about it. But that's only five guys. Like Mike Hoffman will be he'll be gone uh, on the back end. You know, will Michael Matheson still be there in three in two years? Possible. Joe Edmondson, probably, you know, he's got one more year, probably not. Savard, two years, I doubt. But they've got some pretty good young defensemen, obviously, in Justin Barron. 
Uh, Caden Gooley, who I think is going to be, he might be the captain of that team one day. Jordan Harris, another good young defenseman. And then they have the other guy that uh, his name is real battle, but Arbor, Zajac or whatever, he's he's going to be around. So, you know, they probably have four or five D-men. Now, they probably won't all be there. You know, might want to get moved and then four or five fours. But other than that, everyone is going to be new. And they're going to be looking to get some draft picks and add. But like I said, with some of the injuries to guys like Monaghan and, and um, Drew those guys, they weren't able to trade and get more draft picks in, right? So it makes it really tough. Like, it's not like where you look at Phoenix or Arizona, I should say, and they have like 37 draft picks in the next three years or whatever. Like, these guys don't have a ton of picks. Um, they've got to find a way to really draft well, develop well, grow this team um, without a ton. Like, they just haven't had a ton of those draft picks, or at least moving forward to have, haven't. So, Connor, I... I think that, 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 that the inability to trade some of those guys really hurt them this year. And I'll be really interested to see what they do uh, moving forward because I think this next year is going to be another grind, another real grind. Now, they do have two first-round picks this year. One's Florida, so that's going to be pretty light. Theirs is pretty high. And then uh, if I'm this, this group, this group being the Habs, I'm trying to take on some bad deals to, uh, to add more, you know, to, to get some get some assets and then I'm guessing Hoffman would probably be traded and you know if he plays well enough for a for a guy uh you know a draft pick or something but they've they've got a lot of work to do here my man yeah just looking at the team there strutting I like what you're saying taking on some bad deals maybe get some assets uh two first round picks last year two first round picks this year I don't know though like they, they kind of feel like a team right now and I could be way off but it feels like destined for mediocrity over the next couple of years here like even when these these draft picks start to get going here like are they going to be good enough to beat some of the top teams in the east with the what they've been able to do in the futures that they have i don't know like i i don't know if it's going to be necessarily an easy path I, I hope it works out for them i know they had the first overall pick last year um but yeah i don't know about i don't know about this team going forward yeah it just you know if, i mean so this year let's say they can draft Maybe you know, it depends who takes in front. They have the fifth pick. Like they're not getting Fantilli or Bedard. No. I doubt they're getting Leo Carlson. So then you get into that next group, right? Is it Dvorsky, Michoff, the you know, the smaller um Canadian player, but you already have two smaller guys. Like are you gonna draft Michoff, Michoff if you already have Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki? So now you'd have three small top six forwards. I I think that'd be a risky play. Um, you know, so where do you go from there? Is it, you know, Ryan Leonard or Zach Benson out of Winnipeg or, you know, I, I, listen, I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know what they have and I know what doesn't work, which is a bunch of small top six forwards. So I'll be very interested to see how this team kind of gets through all this. And then you kind of get to the, and they say it's a really good draft, right? So now you get down towards later and then to the draft first round or be some, some guys available, but they got, I don't know. I, I just it just feels like they got a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do, and unfortunately, I haven't had a ton of luck with some of their inability to trade out those picks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just looking at some of the you know the, the higher end prospects trading. If you want size, uh, it it does seem to be a little bit tough to come by once you lose out on Carlson and Fantilli, right? Uh, a lot of five ten. And that's yeah. probably being generous when it comes to draft profiles. Yeah. 
you know it's not. I mean, everyone's everyone lies about it. So, yeah, you know what? If you're if you're or uh, Montreal, where do you go? Right? Where what do you do? But you have to keep in mind that it's it's. I, I'm always you take the best play, best player available. But what if the best player available is five ten? So do you still take him? And now you got three out of your top six forwards that are six feet and under. That's a risky game. It's a very risky game to be playing. Um, so we'll see, and we'll, we'll we'll get to we'll get. I mean, we got a lot of time here before the draft to get through all that and talk. But you know, it's not a surprise that Cole Caulfield is signed. There's no doubt about that. But you need to figure out what is your long-term plan. You always want to. I get you want to get the best players you can on your team, but you also have to think what does this look like four, five, six years down the road. And yep, speed matters, and skating's great, and all that, but. I'd rather have a guy who's six three with speed and size or and skill, rather than five seven. So I think they gotta be, and I don't want to be negative on this Monday for you Montreal Canadiens fans, but you gotta be realistic, as well. Very realistic. All right, let's uh, jump out here really quick here, Connor. When we come back, uh, keep those uh, pizza topping ideas covering. We'll get to we have five free pizzas to give out. Connor will pick them out. When we come back, though, Ryan Rashog for the Rashog Report next on Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. 327 here on the Jason Greger Show, hosted by Jason Strudwick today and tomorrow alongside Connor Halley. Hope you're having a great day. Time to get into the uh, Rashog Report right now. Brought to you by NextGen Transportation. Support of numerous youth teams and sponsor of the Spruce Grove Saints, nextgentransportation.com. We now welcome in uh, Ryan Rashog. Shogger, you know, obviously it's a slow time for the Oilers, and we don't know how much flexibility you're going to have, but you want to keep the team improving. And a guy that many people have kind of out uh, or or thought of and are maybe looking at up front to add to this group would be Connor Brown. What are your thoughts on a guy who was injured for the bulk of the year, was a former teammate of Connor McDavid? Is is there a fit for him and his style of play with the Oilers, assuming the the money can make sense? I definitely think there's a fit for the style of play. I mean, he's been talked about for a while. Hey, like <clears throat> a couple of uh, you know multiple trade deadlines where it's been his name has kind of been out there. Um, I remember one a few years ago in particular when he was with the Leafs. Still, uh, you, I mean, you like the combination of skill. You like the, the the kind of the engine, the work ethic. There's a tenacity to his play. You know, I think we we would agree that there's enough kind of high end skill mixed into that top six, and a little more sort of Zach Hyman type stuff um, would be needed. So I think it's a good fit. Um, you know, a bit of a gamble because he's coming off pretty significant injuries, and you never know how a guy's going to rebound. But you love the work ethic, so you have to think he's probably going to be okay. So yeah, man, I I think it's a decent fit, and and I think it, it, if it, it's the right person. There's a good history there with McDavid, right? Work ethic. Yeah, I would think he would be fairly close to the top of the list, anyways. Hey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When you when you look at um, you know players coming back off of big injuries, you know what? Can you think of any any examples of, of how it looks? You know what? Yeah. Is it is it a you know? Think. In my mind, this is so I'll, I'll, as you're as you're combing through your your mental archives. This is what I think. <laughs> I see a player that is coming off a tough year. Um, complete free agent. I think for him, a, you know, there's two ways to look at it. You're going to try to get as much term as you can because you don't know how you're going to feel or, or do. Or B, you go with a one-year contract in a good situation. 
right? Where you're like, I want to go somewhere where I can, hopefully, if I can put up, you know, play, let's, you know, with a few missed games because of injury. It's called 75 games, and I bang in 22 goals. Next summer is a much different situation than this summer. So I, because I, I was trying to rack my brain. Like, I, obviously, right now, I'm thinking of Pacioretty, but I don't yeah. I don't know what I mean two injuries the same one I I have no idea yeah. what that even that's a long ways away but I can't think of too many guys that like have four had games this, man I mean yeah. that is that is a full year that you've missed you know that's a major so I when you ask that I'm trying to think of examples where guys just literally did not play and then came back and were able to hit a high level like I think back to say Oscar Clefbaum in 15 16 right um, played 30 games. Um, then the next year came back, played a full 82 and had 38 points. Just a fantastic bounce back year after, uh, after an injury plagued season there. So, I mean, guys have done it, but, but four games like that's, I think that's what Connor Brown has played. Wasn't it? Yeah. Four. Yeah. Um, so the so, money, like the money is where I think it gets, it's gotta be difficult. And I, I don't know that incentives are really what I want to do. Like, you know, those bone, if I'm, if I'm, well, the Oilers, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you need to be careful. But at the same time, um, you know, you, you, you put some bonuses there that if he hits them, you're glad he hit them and you're happy to pay them. You know, you, whether it's a games played bonus or I'm not sure kind of what the different options that they'd want to consider are. But um, if they make sense and you're getting good value as a result of him hitting those bonuses, then, you know, I think there can be some sense there. So, yeah, I – and, again, all of this is under the headline of Yamamoto being moved along uh, because that's the cap space that they would need. But I think Brown is a decent option. Uh, you know, we chatted a bit about Evan Rodriguez the other day, um, Evan Rodriguez, who's put up some goals before and moves pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are some options. But, again, it's all contingent on – Yamamoto being moved along, and and then there's Dylan Holloway sitting there, who's gonna want to push hard and compete for some of those minutes too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the more I watch these playoffs, and I see the size and speed on the wings of a lot of these teams. Oh yeah. I, I just keep I just keep going down that 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 hole, and I. So my next, we'll, we'll change teams, but staying in the NHLs are joined by Ryan Rashog. I'm looking at the Montreal Canadiens and signing Cole Caulfield. I've, yeah. There's, I, I'm not saying that's not a good signing. I mean, he, the guy can flat out score. Probably would have been 40 goals this year if he hadn't, you know, been shut down. And I, I think it was January or February. Mm-hmm. But now he and Suzuki are two of their top six forwards. Now, I, I'm going to say that in a couple of years, Brendan Gallagher has probably moved on. I, I, I think that that's a guy that is smaller as well. But I think, you know, he, he, I, don't, I can't see this team turning around that quick. So anyway, so now two of your top six forwards are six feet and under. If, if, if you're, you know, the Montreal Canadiens and you're starting to build this, I think that's it. You know, if you have the, you have the fifth pick and if that, the Russian Mitrov is sitting there at 5'10 in number five, I don't think you can draft that guy. So yeah. I, I think that – am I wrong to think you've got to start adding or no. just selecting player on size only now? Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying, um, and I don't disagree. But if you look, I mean, Josh Anderson is signed longer term, assuming he stays there. They like him there. They like what he brings, and I know, you know, some question the money a little bit. There's a big, robust player, right? You know, Kirby Doc is a bigger guy. He doesn't play overly physical, but there's a big body there. Slavkovsky is a big body, and he's going to be a big part of this thing moving forward. So now, when you're talking about your top six, those are three pretty big guys. Suzuki has no problem with the size that he plays at and how he's able to get around out there. So, 
I think I think they're okay, and I think what they've got coming, um, you know, they've got some size options there too. So I, I agree with you. You don't want to go too many more small guys. Like we've seen enough playoffs that you can get shoved out of a playoff series pretty fast, right? If you're not if you're not big enough, we watched it happen, you know, a number of times with Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary, where it just it just wasn't there. Um, so yeah, I think your point is well taken. Now, you get onto the draft floor and your staff absolutely believes the right guy is player, you know, player X and he's a smaller guy. Are you not drafting a guy just because, you know, he's of that stature? That's where it gets interesting. You know, definitely gets interesting. But they're also drafting in a position where, you know, the player will probably show up sooner rather than later. It's not like he's four years away, although Mitchkoff could be a ways away. Yeah, here, here's an interesting one. Um we were talking about player injured. Hey guys, what about Gustav Nyquist? He'd have a history with all miss much of last season, although he's a left shot from BM. So that's a guy that he is also free agent, right? And yeah. um, wasn't able to play for a good chunk of the season. So that's another guy. So I, I, I'll be very interested to see how these guys work, what happens to them, because it's, it's a bit of a wild card. Now, at least Nyquist you saw play in the playoffs, but I think for these guys, that ability to bring guys in would be pretty interesting. Now, going back to the Habs... Yeah, just I, real I, quick on Nyquist. Yeah, I, yeah. I would worry about the foot speed on him. Okay. Like, uh, you need to be able to skate to play with those big guys, and uh, I'm not sure that he's the fleetest of foot from my recollection of his play. Okay. Now, going back to Canadians, I, see, I, I believe that the Habs are on the slow road to a rebuild. I, I just don't think oh, that yeah. they're, they're like I, I, I highlighted that in t- after two more seasons, currently on the roster, the guys that will be back are Suzuki, um, Gallagher, got, and uh, Anderson. No, I, I say I think Gallagher will be gone. I think those two guys would be gone. Because do you think those veterans want to grind through two years of really tough hockey? Mm. So and I don't know if you do their contracts. But, I mean, like, like in the next two years, can you anticipate them winning, I don't know, 40 games either year? Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. And are those guys going to want to stick around? So you're projecting some guys will just flat out be gone. Yeah, so I'll, so the guys, I'd say Suzuki, Doc, um, obviously Caulfield, Slavkowski, mm-hmm. and then Mike Pizzetta. But I think I'm sticking, I'm trying to talk a little bit more top six that's no disrespect to bottom six players yep yep um but that's that's what i see i mean i i, I mean i don't know i i do, do, do am i missing something like like their d is very young yeah right so i think that and they have some players coming but i mean you know michael matheson is he going to be there in still in two years you know joel Anner, um, edmondson has one more year Tavard has two more you know these guys i think you want to try to win um then jake allen and montebo in 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 the pipes yeah, yeah I don't but know. you can't I, just I, I, go moving on. Like, this is the thing. We've watched in Edmonton what happens when you don't have enough good veterans who can play significant roles surrounding surrounding the younger players. So the blue line, for example, right? Talk about, you know, Joel Edmonton. Well, he was brought here for a reason, and he was signed for a reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't blame them if they wanted to use him for that very reason. The reason that Joel Edmondson might be as important as he is is because you've got Barron. And Gooley and Kovacevic yeah. uh, on the back end, although he's a little bit older, and uh, uh, Jack Eye. So you've got these young guys. They need some veterans around them. They need Savard. They need Edmondson if they're going to have these young guys. So, I mean, I don't know. If you're the Habs, don't make the same mistake and thin out the, 
you know, your top six forwards and your top five blue liners so much that you don't have elder statesmen standing guard to shepherd these guys along. I think you need to be careful with that. You know, and I, I listen, I'm not saying the Habs don't want to leave, get them out. I'm saying that those players, like, are, yeah. are you know, like, if you're, uh, let's use Joel Edmondson. Now, he's, he's going to be 30 years old. Does he want to stay around and play, you know, the last two or three years of his career on a team that is going to be challenged to make the playoffs? Like, I, in two years, do you think they're a playoff team? Oh, I mean, there's so much that needs to be figured out. I mean, yeah. like, what's Slavkovsky going to do? Is he actually going to be able to step in and be a top six forward and, and arrive on the scene? Because that makes a big difference. Um, are there young D going to take steps forward? How many are going to have some sophomore issues? I hear what you're saying. Um, he's got his cup. Uh, so I'm not sure yeah. how, how he likes being there and if he'd be open to signing to stay along if they'd want him to. I know what you're saying, though. It's a fair point, but um, the team has signed these guys. And, I mean, I don't think you're going to have four or five guys all asking out at the same time. You know, you sign these guys in good faith. You give them the term you give them. It's okay to expect them to, you know, just to, to do what you've hired them to do. And, I don't. I mean, you have three, four guys come to you wanting trades. I, I don't think you're able to let everybody off the hook and do that with. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting conversation, but I, I you know I was going through the team after Caulfield is they've been on my mm-hmm. mind Montreal, and I think they're they're a good they're a big market, right? So you're looking at it, I'm like, hey, well, what are they, where are they going to be? What are they doing? And I, I don't know, man. I think they've got a long ways to go. And um, yeah, if I'm a player, the Cubs are looking I, you know, okay though. Like they've got some good players coming. A lot of their, yeah. a lot of their better players are already on the team though, right? That's the thing. Yeah, like they're already they're already there. That's why you got to keep good players around them. You really yeah. got to make an effort to keep good players around them and not put too much on these young guys all at once. I like the Caulfield signing. I think he's shown, you know, you look at his last 80 NHL games and how many goals he scored. Like he's he's showing signs of being a 40 plus goal scorer and, and on the regular. And if you can get that for the dollar figure they got him at, uh, he's a different player than Drysidel, and and I don't see him having the same type of impact, but. Uh, with the salary cap set to go up the way it is, this deal could look pretty good in a few years. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm not criticizing the deal. I want to make that yeah. clear. I'm not, and especially have him and Nick Suzuki done up at that number. They yeah, could, that's, are, I mean, two cornerstone guys. But I, I yeah. think you're making a great point, though. What's the shape of it around yeah. them for yeah. the next four or five years? What's the expectation? What's the traje- trajectory? When do you, when should they all kind of be peaking together and, and turning themselves into a contender? Um, and it can feel a little disjointed with some veteran guys and bigger contracts and stuff, but I just think those guys are so important in the moment. I think that some of the older young guns needed more of those players when they were younger um, to be around them. Study. Like, you were in the middle of that, and, and you know, you, you were a good leader and did what you could, but, like, right. you know, young forwards that are high draft picks, they need really skilled forwards yeah. to learn from that have done what they're expected to do that can – you know what, am I over? Am I overstating yeah, no. that? It feels no, like you're right. You need to put some guys around them that have done what they're being asked to do. A hundred percent. But those players have to want to stay there, and that's yeah. my point. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. and, and I, like I, this isn't on Montreal, but I just like if I, I just know if I was this guy, uh, Josh Anderson, I've been there for a number of years, and four years I'm looking ahead. I'm like, do we make the playoffs three years from now? Four years from now, we're going to be 32, 33. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I think that's where it gets difficult for a team. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. And then the other thing to keep in mind, too, is, you know, this team wasn't so long ago that they went pretty deep. 
And so when some of these guys are doing their deals, looking at yeah. the organization, you get a sense for maybe where they're at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. and then very quickly, it's clear that's not where they're at. It's not quite as, as dramatic as Chicago, say, when Seth Jones signed his deal there. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe the players who did these long-term deals had a different vision of what that window would look like. So yeah. fair to ask how many of them want to stick around for what's to come here. Yeah. And I'm not sure how fast they'll be able to turn it. It's going to be interesting. Shagar, I appreciate it. We'll chat with you tomorrow, buddy. Sounds good, pal. Ryan Rashog. That was the Rashog Report. Brought to you by NextGen Transportation. Yeah, listen. Uh, it's funny, you know, the, the, this this Habs team is kind of where the orders were a number of years ago with some younger players. You know, you're trying to figure out, okay, where does everyone fit? How are they going to play? What are they going to do? And, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to conceive that, well, you're going to be in the playoffs in three years and you want to be small. You just want to get as many good players as you can. But you do have to think, what does our team look like? What How are we going to play? What's the style of play we're going to have? All those things are important. Hey, Stratty, Marley St. Louis was undersized, and he was a good player. Yeah, he was. But he had Vinny LeCavalier there, who's a pretty big guy beside him, right, or, or around him. You know, these, it's, I'm not downplaying smaller players. I'm downplaying a line of smaller players because other teams are really good as well, but they have bigger bodies out there. Let's pause here on the uh, Jason Gray Show, hosted by Jason Strebrick and uh, Connor Halley today and tomorrow. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, 10, 12, 60, you can send us a text. When we come back, Strud's on on Empton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show. My name is Jason Strudwick. Coming up just after 4 o'clock, George Richards joined us from Florida. Now, technically, he's from Florida, but in Vegas, he'll talk to us about Game 2, Vegas, Florida. What's going to happen? How do they get, uh, get back and even that series up? I was reading today that 90% of the time, if you go down 2 nothing Stanley Cup, playoff final sorry the Stanley Cup final you lose so there's always a chance but Connor it's not a very high chance buddy yeah I mean what what's another thing they always say Strudy you're never out of it till you lose at home so <laughs> yeah that's fair point, we'll, we'll fair point. which way is it gonna go but yeah you certainly want to go home one one that's uh that'd be a little bit more probably down their alley it'd be huge absolutely huge all right let's um get into it here a little Strud's on action Connor Yes, Stretty. Uh, very quickly here, but I just want to mention uh, a couple of the the texts that came in regarding these sauces we've had, or you know, and, and what people like with their yeah. pizza. Some interesting ones, but keep those coming in here at ten, twelve, sixty. We're giving away five pizzas, the new butter chicken at Papa John's, and uh, all you have to do is text us your, I don't know, Stretty, unique. Would that be the way we want to put it? Your favorite, like how you prefer your pizza, maybe one that gets you looks from other people. Yeah, it's uh, like Bones comes in, clams and white sauce is my pizza quirk. That's not a quirk, but that's just wrong. <laughs> clams, like, I guess there are some per- like bonuses if you were to get that pizza, no one's going to have any, and it's all yours, Yeah, which is always kind of nice. But yeah, not sure if uh, that's certainly one that I would go for. Uh, some, you know, minor ones. Some people say, you know, you, you get the white sauce rather than the, the red. So that's always good. But, uh, yeah, keep those coming to 10, 12, 60, and uh, check your phone. You might be winning a free pizza, and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Okay, Struddy, just wanted to get that in here. Now we'll get to Strud's On, brought to you by GS Construction. They believe in supporting the community and our big sponsors of the Kids Sport. Kevin Lowe roast, uh, you know what? 
was that last week? That's this week, isn't it, Struddy? This Friday. That's this Friday. Yeah, that's going to be a good time. And uh, they're big supporters of that. They wonder, was CEO Grant Sandwich's NHL career shorter than Lowe's coaching career? Check it out, gsconstruction.com. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds on Puck Lock. I'm not going to say Puck Lock, Connor, so don't even try to put this in my mouth, but put those words in my mouth. Talus Balls. Uh, I like it. I, I'm a big fan of the balls. Finishing second. It's just, it's, I'm always second place. It's just brutal. Because when you're good looking, you can't have it all. It's time for Struds on. Arizona and Gary Bedman. I don't know what it is. I don't know if Gary wants to retire to Arizona and be, you know, part owner of that team, or maybe he really likes hockey. He wants to be able to just live there and go over to game and wherever it is in Glendale or Tulsa. I have no idea where they're going to be, but he loves trying to keep that team there. So he was asked this weekend about Arizona and, 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 and a long-term solution to the problem. And he says, and I quote, it's a good market. If we can make it work, we'll make it work. We've had our challenges. He goes on to talk a little bit about the team-related referendums in all sports don't do well. Two other teams have had the same problems, Islanders and Columbus. Both got shot down and later found a building. Listen, I, I get it. I get that it's been there a long time and you're trying to make it work. And, you know, he was the one who moved it from Winnipeg to Arizona um, and quite frankly, the first rink they had in downtown Phoenix was the best one, right? It just, it, it made the most sense. Moving out to Glendale was just a disaster. And now they're playing in the Mullet Arena, which is not ideal either. So you're trying to, you're trying to understand as a, as a hockey person, and whether you're a player or another owner or, or, you know, member of the NHL or NHLPA, that, that, team is such a drag on the finances of the league complete drag imagine if you were approached by a a, a salesman who i'm sure work hard for that team hey uh connor halley you know i know you own uh you know whatever 27 whatever safeways do you want to advertise on our for our team well why we're not even sure if you're going to be here next year much less three years from now so it's just like a wasted wasted money and i, I don't understand how how that can how that can happen Gary goes on to talk about it. The NHL is in a better position to resist moving than maybe we were 20 or 30 years ago. We want to make sure to explore we uh, all options at this stage of where we are before we consider to have a relocated club. I'm hopeful we don't have to. And I, it, it is a growing market. I mean, people love going there. They, they love living there. I mean, it's a nice place, a little hot in the summer, but the rest of the time it's pretty nice. But I can't understand why... You wouldn't be looking at other options. Now, Marty Walsh, the new NHLPA executive director, said, and I quote, If there's not a permanent solution in the near future for a new location, we have to have a serious conversation. These players can't continue to play in a college hockey rink as National Hockey League's players. You just can't do it. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. And I agree with him 100%. There's nothing wrong with that arena. It's a fine arena. Fine school, it's a fine area, but that is not an NHL arena. And you can dress it up all you want. You can put 10 TVs in the visiting dress room. You can have the sweetest Gatorade or whatever they drink now, BioSteel, and the whole league. Oh my God, they put so many packets. 
one and a half instead of one. Yeah, great. But it's still not an NHL arena. And you're trying to, you know, show this is what you are. Like, could you imagine if the Dallas Cowboys play in a stadium the same side as Clark Field here in Edmonton, Connor Halley? What do you think the reaction would be from NFL and NFL supporters? Well, I mean, the Chargers did play in a soccer stadium for a couple of years, but they did have a plan to find a new home. I mean, they were going to SoFi waiting for it to be built, right? So I guess there was that immediate plan for something to be put in place, which the Coyotes don't have. So yeah, sure, it would not be a good look. It's a bad look, man. It's really bad. And with no permanent solution out there, I just don't know how it's going to get better. I don't know. I just can't. We'll see. And I, I, you know what? I'd probably be proven wrong because Gary's done a lot of good things for the league. A lot of good things. I know not everyone likes him. They call him Crown Dracula and all that. But he and Bill Daly have had their hands on this on the, on the this for a long time. And I'll tell you what. I'm actually pretty impressed by what they've done. And I didn't hate him as a player. But, you know, you just, you're like, oh, God, this guy's making us lock out. Pretty much a lot of stuff he's done is done right. He's done a lot of things right. So we'll see what happens when they put this all together. But I, in the short term, like for the next, can, can they, in your opinion, Connor, could they play in the same rank for the next three years? That'd be four years total in Arizona. Yeah, but they'd still need a plan, right? I Yeah, like I think that's too long. I don't think they can play four years in that little rink. If, if they were uh, to say we're going to play in this rink for the next three years, but then there is a plan, a new rink will be built or something will be settled, I think, you know, at least you have an end game. And people would look at that and say, you know, it's it's not ideal, but at least there's a plan in place to get us out of it, and, and then we'll be good. And then maybe players, you know, the young players that are signing extensions or potential free agents that say, well, I'm going to sign a six-year deal or a five-year deal. We know what's coming. It's not ideal. Like it's it's not a good situation by any means, Strutty. But at least if you had the end game, you'd know what you were working towards. They don't even have that, so no, they don't. It's just not. You can't take it year by year. No, it's it's because year by year means nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, buddy. Well, that was great. Strutts on. Um, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, tell me I'm wrong. I, I learned something about myself, and I think music this weekend as I attended the Luke Cones concert. And I have to get into I need your help. I need your help. Let's take a break here and a sports update brought to you by MC Dispatch, which is locally owned and operated same-day courier company. They can deliver any size package that requires a bike messenger up to fi- and up to 53-foot trailers. MCDispatch.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.